episode seven of Unbashful. Here we are. Let's get started. I'm very excited as always for another week, another opportunity for me to sit behind this mic and behind this camera and discuss the things that I love. And we are going to do that once again today. So this episode is going to be a lot more of a laid back, casual discussion. Uh, you know, most episodes are are laid back in a sense, but I also have a very uh, detailed structure, and you know, I'm, I usually have one topic that I'll talk about for the whole episode, and then just break it down into various you know subsection segments rather, and uh, just dissect it. And that will continue. Don't get me wrong, uh, but today is going to just be really just talking about a bunch of different shit. I'm just looking at the list here. Uh, I'm gonna I'll give you guys a little bit of a life update, show you where I'm at. Uh, discuss the Batman trailer, which I've fucking loved, which I'll get into. I'm uh, gonna talk about NBA Week One. Gonna talk about some video games as well, which I don't usually do on the show here. Just checking the audio over there. Yeah, gonna talk about some video games. Gonna talk about my reaction to Dune, which I just saw. Um, the Flash uh, teaser trailer, and then also I'm gonna talk about uh, you, the Netflix TV show. Give my thoughts on where I'm at. Uh, right now in season three and how I'm feeling about it. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Uh, give a little bit of a life update. I'm doing well. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Uh, I've been trying to make a lot of corrections and fixes in my life. Uh, primarily with my sleep schedule. I have a really fucked up sleep schedule. I usually go to bed around like four o'clock in the morning just because I'm usually working on you know one thing or another. And then I'm usually not waking up until like 12 o'clock the next day. And then the problem with that is everybody around me, you know, they're going about their business. They've already been up for, you know, two to three hours and I'm just beginning my day. So I'm almost in a way playing catch up. Not that I'm trying to compete with other people around me, but it just doesn't, it's, it's almost like from a mental standpoint, you feel like you don't have that energy to go when you feel like you've woken up so late in the day. Maybe that's just my personal uh, experience, I guess. But I have made a very conscious effort to fix my sleep schedule. I've been going to bed at about 10 o'clock now, and I've been waking up at about, um, so yeah, I go to bed around like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and then I'll usually wake up around like 6 a.m. And what that does for my productivity is since I'm waking up so much earlier, as a lot of people that you know probably do this know, you have all that morning to get everything that you need to get done. I'll get my podcast stuff done, my notes and stuff like that, and then I'll work on um, I'll work on other things as well. And then by then, usually it's about you know eleven o'clock noon, and then I'm done. I got all my priorities done for the day, and then I could do whatever I want for the rest of the day. Go hang out with my girlfriend, hang out with the hang out with the lads, and uh, go to the gym. Whatever I have that time to do what I want. Whereas just starting to do all that and then you're you're done working on your things by like dinner time and then like the day's fucking over at that point so i've been fixing my sleep schedule uh and i'm trying to continue doing uh you know sorting out some some of my acting stuff on the side i do plan on taking some acting classes uh from now until when i actually go to film school next uh fall or winter one of the one of the other i'm still figuring that out um, and then I'm also in the process of getting, trying to get my headshots. I am looking for a photographer, uh, who's, you know, who, who's got the right, you know, camera lenses and all, all that. I don't really know that much about cameras and I'm still figuring it out with my camera right now that you guys are watching, 
uh, from. But for those uh, for those of you that are listening that are photographers, if you're interested in helping me with my headshots, send me a message and we'll have a conversation. Um, so yeah, trying to get my headshots. Going to be taking some acting classes, been fixing my sleep schedule. A lot of the, a lot of this right here that I'm holding my hand, coffee. This has a very big role in my fucked up uh, sleep schedule. However, I'm still drinking coffee. But the only problem is that I'm drinking. I was drinking coffee so late in the day that the caffeine. Because I think caffeine stays. I think I watched some video on YouTube. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the guy's completely, you know accurate in saying this but he said in the video that coffee or caffeine rather stays in your body for about six to eight hours now i don't know if it stays in my body that long for me because i have developed uh, a very good tolerance for it but then again i don't want to speak on that you know in detail because i don't know enough about that um but nonetheless if you know caffeine still does affect me and then if i drink coffee at like whatever, nine o'clock, if that's like my first coffee of the day, I'm going to be up all fucking night. So I've been prioritizing drinking my coffee in the earlier part of the day, like when I wake up and then around like noon and like that's it. Before I was drinking like four cups throughout the entire day, I'd have one at like noon, like three o'clock, then like six and then like nine. So that's why, that's another reason why, excuse me, my sleep schedule was so fucked up. Um, all right. So that's a little life update for you guys. There's probably some more I could talk about, but we'll keep it at there. Now let's move on and let's discuss the Batman trailer at DC Fandom. That was last week. Uh, I didn't watch DC Fandom. I was actually uh, I was actually working that day, uh, but my friends were keeping up were keeping me up to date on uh, the announcements and things that were going on. I heard they announced uh, the Blue Beetle movie that's coming. Uh, and many others. Overall, I heard it was kind of a lame event. I heard it wasn't very interesting at all. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but all I was waiting for was the Batman trailer and, and the Flash trailer as well, which we will get into. But the Batman trailer, wow, I think I've probably watched this new trailer like fucking like 10 times. It's absolutely incredible. The, the film, sorry, the, the trailer just built built upon what the first trailer did in terms of like the aesthetic it had the fincher seven vibes to it it looks like a very noir uh film and i'll be honest i'll, I'll just straight up come out and say this i think this is going to be the best batman film of all time and i know a lot of people could say well i think you're overreacting it's just a trailer that is true that like or sorry it's not true that i'm overreacting but i'm saying it is true that a lot of people can overreact to uh you know little pieces of marketing but i i truly don't feel like i'm overreacting i really do think that this is going to be the best batman film of all time however there has been movies that have come out in the past that have had great marketing great trailers but the movies weren't very good i i don't i think at the very least this film will be great at the very least right i know i'm, I'm setting the bar real real high but I think Matt, Matt Reeves is a great director. That He's the director of this film. Uh, he, he directed the Planet of the Apes films, which I loved, especially the second one. Uh, um, actually, sorry, he didn't direct the first one. He directed the second and third, but he didn't direct the first one. Uh, but I, I really, really liked his take on the Planet of the Apes films. And obviously, my favorite actor in Hollywood right now, Robert Pattinson, uh, taking the crown taking the reins of batman so i'm really excited to see 
uh, more of his take on it. I think I, I watched this podcaster named John Campia, and he put it best. He said that I think out of all the Batmans, this is going to be the Batman that is the most damaged Batman. And what he's referring to in that is because obviously everybody knows the Batman origin story. Bruce and his mom and dad were killed in front of him. Now, I feel like each film has obviously, you know, each film has always been like an origin tale to some degree, right? And then, and Matt Reeves put it best, you know, we've seen the origin tale, we've seen the fantasy with like Ben Affleck's Batman, but now this is going to be like a grounded version of Batman. And then I think he said this is going to be Batman in year two. So it's not going to, it's not going to show, uh, you know, the typical, you know, parents getting shot in the alley and all that, but it's obviously going to be referenced, I assume. And then I think, so going back to what John Campia said, when he said, I think this will be the most damaged Batman, I think we're going to see Bruce Wayne and Batman really just showing like the anger and the vengeance and maybe the guilt. I, I, I don't know if he feels guilty, but we're going to see him carrying a lot of that rage and i think you see it in the trailer a lot of the fight scenes look really fucking aggressive like obviously when you're fighting that that's an aggressive thing to begin with but it seems very personal with a lot of these fights that batman is going to be uh getting himself involved in and he just looks like unhinged he just looks like he's like on the last fucking you know like he looks like he's one thing away from going fucking crazy and for me personally, that's not a problem. I think that looks absolutely incredible. I love the I love the cinematography. The film just looks beautiful. Um, overall, I just cannot wait. It is it probably is my most anticipated film of 2022. I that's probably what I'm going to say right now. But towards the end of the year, I am going to make another. Uh, I'm going to do another podcast about all the films that I'm looking forward to. For the new year. And there's a lot of great films. Doctor Strange. Thor. Yada yada. I don't want to get too into detail about that right now. But right now it is Batman. The Batman is probably the most anticipated film for me personally. Uh, So that's the Batman trailer. Make sure you guys check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Now let's move on here. We're going to discuss week one of the NBA season. Now, I am going to talk about it, but I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched any of the games because my favorite team in the NBA is the LA Clippers, and they are a West Coast team. And a lot of, well, pretty much all the West Coast teams, for me, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, in, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the East. I'm in Eastern Standard Time, rather. So all the games for me always air at like 10, 10.30 p.m. So obviously, with me trying to fix my sleep schedule, that kind of fucks things up because now I'm up till like almost 1 o'clock in the morning, right? So... I have been. I watched the highlights, uh, and, and you know, well, I guess we'll talk about the Lakers first. LeBron, he LeBron is my favorite player in the league. He looked great. Uh, you know, I think he he shot like five for nine or something from three overall. I think he shot really really well from the field. He had a great night. I think he dropped like 31, 11, and like he almost had a triple double. And then same for AD. I think him and AD pretty much had like identical stats, but. The X factor, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook, you could definitely tell that he is trying to adjust playing for that new team. He's obviously not the number one option right now. Uh, I'm not putting a lot of stock into his poor performance because I think he only had like six points, had a bunch of turnovers, shot the ball terribly. Now, that is something that, 
you know, we have seen before. Russ has never been the greatest shooter, but I think with time, with reps, with chemistry, with more games, I think Russ, you'll see him have those crazy triple-double games, and you'll see him run up the stats, the stat sheet, uh, but you could definitely tell he was struggling trying to find his way, you know, between Braun and AD and trying to figure out where he could, you know, get his shots and get his looks. So he definitely struggled. Uh, the rest of the Lakers didn't really play well. Uh, I mean, Carmelo had like nine points, so not bad. But the Warriors take game one, and then they also beat the LA Clippers, which is my team, my favorite team. They beat them as well, but the Clippers were also missing a lot of their main guys. Obviously, Kawhi is gone with injury. Uh, PG played pretty well, though. He dropped like 29 points. He, you know, he, he, he was looking good out there. I watched, I watched the highlights. He shot pretty well. Uh, so, but you know, Steph went crazy. Steph actually didn't play very well the first game, but a lot of the supporting cast played very well. Jordan Poole, you know, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I, I wonder what the Andrew Wiggins situation, did they get that figured out? Did he get vaccinated? Because I'm pretty sure he could only play, correct me if I'm wrong, people that are listening and watching, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think he's only allowed to play like road game, if, road games, if I'm not mistaken, but maybe they figured that out and I just hadn't heard. Uh, so he, Andrew Wiggins played well, uh, Draymond Green played well. Um, before I continue, I'm just going to quickly get some water and we'll be right back. All right, so getting back into the NBA here, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, um, when... Due, due to me being on the East Coast and obviously a lot of the Western Conference teams that I prefer to watch, more specifically my favorite team, the Clippers, they play very, very late and that just makes it very, very difficult for me to actually stick up and, and stay around for those whole games due to me trying to fix uh, my sleep schedule. But uh, moving on to the East though, we do have Bucks versus Miami, then we have Brooklyn, uh, then we have Brooklyn versus Bucks. So um, Miami actually kicked the shit out of, uh, the Bucks, but I mean, hey, it happens to the best of them, uh, Giannis didn't have the best game, I think he only had about 15 points, and like 10 rebounds or something like that, and I'm gonna get into Giannis in a second, because there's a lot of people that are overreacting and overrating his, quote, new jump shot, which I'll get into, uh, but Bucks versus Brooklyn, you couldn't have asked for a better home opener for the Bucks. uh, the ring ceremony, you know, emotions are high, fans are excited, and they come in, 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 in their home crowd, in front of their home crowd, rather, and they absolutely just kick the shit out of the Nets, the Nets look unmotivated, uninspired, um, obviously they're missing Kyrie, so I'm sure a lot of that drama infiltrated the locker room's chemistry to a degree, and that obviously doesn't help, um, uh, however, though, with Kyrie, like, I used to... I used to disagree with a lot of the things that he, he used to say and, you know, I used to judge him and stuff like that, but I've actually learned, obviously, through my own personal growth, I just don't like to talk shit about anybody behind their back to begin with, but um, I've actually, as time has gone on, I've actually found a lot of uh, very insightful things in, 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 in many of the, the things that Kyrie has said, and I actually have, I've, I've gained a lot of respect for him because... A lot of people judge him, and a lot of people just tarnish his name, like Stephen A. Smith. Um, but this guy has done so much for the for his community, uh, for for like for Brooklyn. I'm referring to, and he's done just not even just Brooklyn. He's just done so much for the world. Uh, he's he's obviously given to a lot of charities. He's provided 
a lot of college tuition and, and scholarships and stuff like that. He's just a great, he, he is a really good person and he's done a lot for other people. And when it comes to his stances on the vaccine and all that, like personally for me, I am vaccinated, but I, I don't like have a problem with with what he what with what he's trying to stand for i know a lot of people do and a lot of people are confused but at the end of the day like it, it is your body and i'm not going to judge you on you know how you may feel or, or whatever so i have no problem with his stance whatsoever i feel like people have been way too harsh on him at the end of the day he's just trying to stand up for what he thinks is right uh, and you you can't you can't discredit somebody for doing something like that at the end of the day whether we disagree or not you at least have to have respect that he is trying to you know stand pat and say you know what this is what I'm doing and this is how I feel whether you like it or not and at the end of the day that is my whole message of the name I'm bashful it's being unbashable who you are not giving a fuck about what people think about you whether people disagree or agree with you know your stances and, and how you feel about certain things and that's exactly what Kyrie is doing so I have tons of respect for what he's doing uh, but anyways getting back to the NBA here uh, like I said Bucks versus Brooklyn uh, Miami beat the Bucks last night and then a couple days prior uh, Bucks beat Brooklyn. Katie played great. Katie dropped like 35. Katie was Katie. Uh, James Harden, I think, yeah, like 20 or something like that. Overall, though, the team didn't look like they were very inspired or very motivated, at least for me personally. But I'm sure they'll bounce back. And they're they're probably my best, my favorite team. In, well, actually, they are. I talked about that on um, my last, not my last episode, but my, my last episode talking about the NBA, which is episode two, if I'm not mistaken, or three. Three, uh, yeah, I mentioned that I got the the Nets coming out of the East, which I'm still sticking to. That I have them coming out of the East. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, with 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 it being this early in the regular season, like the the season just started, and a lot of these talk shows will try and make headlines and jump to conclusions that like this team will not work well because they had a really rough start. A lot of teams have a rough start, but you know, sometimes those teams end up, you know, at the end of the day. It's an 82-game regular season. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? You have to be prepared for the long term, right? So whatever happens in week one, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Like, Miami beat uh, the Bucks by, like, 20-something points yesterday. Do I really expect that to be a common theme moving forward? No. Uh, I think the Bucks are right behind the Nets as the best team in the East. If not, maybe you can even argue number one, but I feel like the Nets are number one. So that is going to wrap up uh, week one. I know there was some, there was a lot of other games. There was Chicago. I just didn't get around to watching those games. I'm very, very busy, uh, and like I said, a lot of those games start very late. Moving forward, though, I I will be starting next week. I am going to watch a lot more of the games, so I'll be able to actually provide more insight and more details on some of those games moving forward. Uh, so, like I just said, like ten minutes ago, when I briefly talked about Giannis, uh, let's get into that. In the preseason, so many people on the internet were overreacting and overrating Giannis's new jump shot. And I, I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of this. Yes, he did he did shoot very well. He, I saw some of the highlights. He shot very well in the preseason. The guy was pulling up from three, hitting faders. Like, yes, he was he was doing that. But to say he has a new jump shot, I think that is way too extreme. Yes, he, he's, I, I noticed he's tightened his elbow more, like, to the inside of his body. Like, it's more parallel with him now, as opposed, like, when he was shooting, his elbow was kind of, like, 
like kicking out to the side or poking out to the side almost. So like he's he's made little improvements in that regard, but at the end of the day, his jump shot still pretty much looks the same. If anything, the only difference I'm noticing is that he's shooting with more confidence. And that that just happens when you do something repeatedly more often and you get better at it. You're gonna feel more confident. It's just the way it is in anything in life. If I wanna if I wanna fucking be a carpenter and I start off from ground zero, I'm gonna be shit at being a carpenter. As time goes on, as I practice, as I get better, I'm gonna feel more confident in what I'm doing, right? That maybe wasn't the greatest example, but you guys know what I mean. So if anything, that is the biggest thing I notice. He's shooting with more confidence. But to but to make this like bold, hot take to just saying like the league is done, it was fun while it lasted. I think that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I it was I I was just proven right on that very first game against Brooklyn. Uh, now look, like I said, don't if if you're if you're watching the NBA, don't overreact to the to the first game of the season. There's going to be ebbs and flows, right? Guys are going to have games where they shoot well, and then people are going to have games where they don't shoot well, right? It's just inevitable. But Giannis had a pretty Giannis night from the field and from the three in the first game. He didn't shoot terrible, but from the three, he didn't shoot very well at all. Um, and yeah, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was somewhere like two for... Uh, two for nine or like three for nine or something like that. He didn't shoot very well from three. He shot okay from the field. I think he shot like 43%, which isn't bad. But to Giannis's standards, this is a guy that can easily be... Okay, actually, no. I, I was going to say 50-40-90. He, I don't think he'll ever be 50-40-90 because that free throw percentage probably will never hit 90%. But, I mean, that just goes back to what I'm saying. Though. That's People are making it seem like Giannis going into the season is going to be a 50-40-90 guy. And for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to when I say 50-40-90, it's a term used in the NBA, meaning 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. Uh, those are just like percentages. And if, if you're a 50-40-90 guy, you're a damn good fucking shooter. You're one of the best in the league. Uh, there's been a lot of 50-40-90 guys, but Giannis will probably never be that with all due respect. That doesn't mean he's He's not a good shooter. He he's getting better, but I think to basically make a long story short, I think people are overreacting to this new Giannis jump shot. I say that in air quotes because his jump shot really looks the same. His elbow just looks a, a little more tighter as opposed to being more out, like pointed out when he's shooting, uh, pointed to the side rather. But overall, I think people just need to kind of just. Relax a little bit on the Giannis jump shot stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for Giannis. Now, we're going to move on to some video games here. I don't usually talk about video games on the show here. I, I just, I don't really know. I just don't. But for the first time, we're going to talk about some video games. Um, and, yes, I do play video games on the side. I'm a very busy person. But, you know, in between there, if, if I can find the time, I'll play a little bit of Call of Duty here and there. Uh, but speaking of Call of Duty, that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the newest Call of Duty coming out called Call of Duty Vanguard. And I have a lot of thoughts on this game. First of all, I have a lot of thoughts on the franchise as a whole. Let me just get into that first before I get into Vanguard. I really think these past couple of years have been very pivotal for the franchise, for better or for, for worse, starting with Modern Warfare in 2019. It really sort of... Um, I personally wasn't the biggest fan of Modern Warfare, but you can't even deny... Uh, objectively, the game was a huge success. I think it is the best-selling Call of Duty of all time. However, Warzone has a lot to do with that. Um, I understand Warzone didn't launch 
with uh, uh, Modern Warfare, but Modern Warfare launched with the multiplayer and everything, and then Warzone, I think, came, like, several months after, and then at that point when Warzone came, I think we can all agree the multiplayer uh, in Modern Warfare was pretty much dead, uh, and then I think because of Warzone coming in, it really rejuvenated the multiplayer because if you're playing Warzone, there's a lot of guns that you want to get upgraded and doing so will be a lot easier to do in multiplayer. So, as I mean, that's pretty obvious for a lot of you people listening that play Warzone, but uh, yeah. And then obviously this past year, Black Ops Cold War came out. Uh, I was going to take the entire year off of, of not even just Call of Duty, but video games period this past year. I just... It was looking pretty dry. I just nothing was really appealing to me other than probably The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, but I ended up getting Cold War pretty late in the year. Uh, probably I'd say I probably got it in March when it was like on sale. I just didn't think the game looked very interesting to me. Uh, and I heard the game only launched with like eight multiplayer maps, which is I mean the past like three CODs have only la- launched with like ten, eight to ten multiplayer maps, and for me that's unacceptable. That is nowhere near enough content to add that replayability factor that's going to keep me engaged uh, throughout the year. Because uh, as people don't know, Call of Duty is an annual release. It's been an annual release for fucking like thirteen years now, and that is actually going to transition to the next thing I want to talk about. I do think Call of Duty, and I know they'll never do this. They probably won't ever do this. But Call of Duty really could use like a year or two off. I honestly think like the annual release schedule is just fucking bullshit. Because what that does is for people that play the game every single year, you're really not incentivized for playing because you know that like really the COD life cycle is like six months and after six months nobody really plays anymore everybody kind of puts the game back on the shelf and then they're just waiting for the next one right so it's this like endless cycle it's like why am i even really playing and leveling up and grinding these camels when like six months from now it's really not going to fucking matter because the next game is going to be out so i really think they should just and also it would help the developers as well because Activision is crunching these devs to just produce games every single year. And then it's resulting in the games relaunching with not enough content and clearly not finished with like not finished being made with all the bugs and excuse me, all the bugs and everything wrong with the game. That's why I like really buying Call of Duty at launch for the most part. I'm going to I'm going to contradict myself in a sec because I am getting Vanguard this year at launch but i'll talk about my reasons why but for the most part buying buying call of duty at launch you're really kind of like doing yourself a disservice if you want to fully experience the game in its full because essentially the games that call of duty releases in like a beta at least for the last like five years the games have never been finished they're never usually finished to like six seven months into the game's life cycle and then at that point nobody really gives a fuck anymore uh but moving on so that's how i feel about the franchise as a whole i really do think they should just quit the annual release schedule make one game every like two to three years focus on that game give it endless uh launch support and they'll still make money they got the shop and everything charging like 30 dollars for fucking skins and, and bundles and stuff but they should honestly just ditch the fucking annual release and like i said take two to three years between each game to polish it and release it with like 20 maps you know, endless amount of content challenges the whole nine yards instead of just launching with this like minimal content and just being spoon fed shitty maps for the whole year with all due respect. But that brings me to Vanguard. 
I have really been on the fence about this game ever since it got launched. Now, for those of you who don't know, the people making Call of Duty Vanguard uh, are Sledgehammer Games. They made Advanced Warfare, which I enjoyed because it was it was the first... Uh, that game was really pivotal to the franchise as well. It really spiraled the microtransaction, you know phase with supply drops and don't get me wrong i'm not a big fan of supply drops but they have been done decently in certain games like infinite warfare and and even world war ii uh call of duty world war ii which is also a sledgehammer uh uh, published game as well so they've and and also they co they co-worked on modern warfare 3 so sledgehammer has some history in the call of duty franchise not as as deep and as rich as like infinity ward and treyarch but they have made some games, and personally, I enjoyed Call of Duty World War II, but the launch of that game struggled with what I mentioned earlier. Had, like, only nine maps. The game is very dry. The camels... I'm a big camel person. Like, I love to, you know, grind for camos and stuff like that. And when the game launches with, like, this shitty diamond and gold camo, it just, like, doesn't really make me feel motivated to spend my time to actually go for those camos. So, And I, I am worried that could be... Uh, a problem with this game because a lot of these video games that are time period based in like World War Two or like Vietnam, any war in the past, essentially, they feel like they need to be realistic, right? And I can't stand games that are trying to be realistic. And the fans, actually, it's the fans that more piss me off. People that want realism, I don't understand why. You're playing a video game at the end of the day. You are temporarily escaping... It's it's uh, what sort? It's uh, it's escapism. That's all video games is at the end of the day. So all these people that just want realism, if you want it that fucking real, go enlist. Like seriously, go enlist. I don't know why people every year are like, I don't want you know bright, colorful aesthetics and camos. I want my game to be realistic. Like you, do you literally just want to like go in the army at that point? Like at that point, that's probably your best option because at the end of the day, Call of Duty is never going to be a realistic video game. You die and you fucking respawn. There is nothing realistic about that whatsoever. You cap flags. You in some Call of Duty games in the past, you fucking boost jump in the air and you throw a ball into a zone, which is uplink. I'm referring to. So I I don't understand why Call of Duty feels limited in restrained by the community not it's not everybody a lot of there are people that feel the same way that i do but there's a, a large majority of the community that always wants these games to be fucking realistic so i really hope that call of duty vanguard does not launch this year with just dull shitty camos that literally look like not appealing whatsoever and i hope that also is the it isn't the same for the maps uh but that is one thing i want to move on to is the maps this is one of the main reasons why I'm buying this game this year, and I pre-ordered it. 16 multiplayer maps at launch. That is a huge fucking deal. Now, let me tell you why. Because of what I just said earlier. The past, like, four or five Call of Duties have only launched with, like, eight maps. The last time we saw a game launch with, like, 16 maps, I think was, like, Modern Warfare 2, which was, like, 10 years ago. So, this game is launching with 16 maps, and I think the majority of them aren't going to be remakes because like i said sledgehammer has had a very short stint with call of duty they've only made two call of duty games and they co-developed one of one of them but they've really excuse me they've really only made two so there really isn't much material they can work with in terms of if they just want to launch with 16 maps and make eight of them remakes now i know uh 
castle from World War II is coming back. And I know, which I have no problem with. I think that's a map that's, I don't even think that's ever been remade. So castle's coming back. And then I'm pretty sure London Docks from World War II, which is a great map. I love that for S&D. Um, so those are two remakes. But at the end of the day, we're getting 16 maps and four gunfight maps or Champion Hill maps, which I don't really give a fuck about. I thought that Champion Hill mode was... Kind of fucking boring and kind of gimmicky, if I'm going to be honest. Call of Duty has these gimmicky modes that come out every year, like Heist from Black Ops 4. Like, I I don't even think I've ever actually played that. Uh, actually, I think I played it for like five minutes and I quit. I was like, I can't use my own class? Like, what? Um, so, 16 maps is a huge deal. That's one of the biggest reasons why I'm purchasing this game. Um, now... Like I said, overall, though, I've really been on the fence. It took me a while to really decide if I actually want to pre-order. Like, when I first saw the reveal and I heard about the game, I told myself, I'm not getting this game. I told my friends, like, I'm not getting it. Like, if you guys are going to get it, have fun. Uh, but it's it doesn't look like it's for me. I played the beta. I gave it a chance. Uh, I was really busy when the beta came out, so I barely played it. I swear to God, I literally only played, like, one or two games of, of the beta. So even the beta, I really didn't get to experience. Uh, but for the couple games that I played, it felt a lot like Modern Warfare, which in my opinion is a good thing. And when I say feels like Modern Warfare, uh, I don't mean the maps because the map designs, I feel like the map design for the, for the, for the maps that we had in the beta, at least from what I watched in a little bit of what I played, they're like a cross between Modern Warfare and Cold War. They are three, some of them are three lane, like Eagle's Nest, which is good, but I'm glad let me let me say they're they've they're not they're not nowhere near as bad as modern warfare because mo the modern warfare maps were fucking terrible it's one of the reasons why i did not like the game whatsoever is because the game promoted you to camp right with obviously dead silence not being a perk which is still a problem in vanguard uh which i'll get into but yeah uh the dead silence not being a perk footsteps being way too loud uh the enemy uh, characters literally like shouting out like there's an enemy right there so like they in obviously the maps the power positions the camping the doors everything now some of that is returning in vanguard like i said i'm gonna get into that um but uh but yeah so that most of that stuff is not returning or is not that extreme as it was in modern warfare coming to vanguard but the two biggest things that i Two things I didn't like from Modern Warfare that are coming to Call of Duty Vanguard are doors and um, dead silence, not a perk. Now, for the dead silence part, they have said that they're trying to meet us in the middle with that. And what I mean by that is they, they did say that footsteps are going to be a lot quieter. From the gameplay that I've seen, they do or not look quieter. They will uh, sound quieter, excuse me. Uh, and from the gameplay that I've watched on YouTube, I do think that is the case. The footsteps don't sound nearly as loud as they did in Modern Warfare. But nonetheless, ha just not having dead silence as a perk, that to me is just, it it's not the greatest, but you know, it is what it is. And Doors. Now, the thing with Doors is like this game has been advertising their destructibility and all that. So you can blow off doors in Vanguard, but just to, like, why, if you're going to go that far to make it so doors are destructible, why even fucking put them there in the first place? It just promotes camping and people hiding in fucking bouncing beddies and claymores. So doors, noted sounds. Those are things I dislike that are returning to Vanguard. But other than that, I think the maps actually look great. The, the four maps that were in the beta, I think they're really good. They're really colorful. Uh, 
and I think the layouts are very good. I think they promote various different kind of playing styles, whereas Modern Warfare, every map, aside from like Shipman and maybe Shoot House, every map just promoted camping. And even Shoot House promoted camping. If you go upstairs in that little room, you can literally shut both doors and sit there the whole fucking match. But every, aside from those two maps, every map in Modern Warfare literally just promoted camping, which is like the worst play style there fucking is. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but with Vanguard, a lot of those maps, you can you can rush, you can uh, play with an AR, or you could sit back and snipe, or if you really, really want to, you could fucking camp. So I think a lot of the maps do promote different play styles, and obviously we haven't seen all of them, but just the fact that there's 16... That is really interesting. And I think that'd probably just be my overall thoughts and my expectations on the game. I think Call of Duty Vanguard just looks interesting. I'm not overboard excited like I like when I was a 13 years old getting Call of Duty. I am interested and I am curious. That's how I feel about the game. So that is my thoughts on Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, and I'll talk about more about that in the future on future episodes when it launches as well. I think it launches in like a week, but uh, yeah. So moving on uh, from Call of Duty Vanguard, we have uh, Dune. So I just saw Dune yesterday and I was really looking forward to seeing this movie I don't think it was my most anticipated film of this year, but it was definitely in that conversation, and it was up there as one of my most anticipated films. Now, I expected this film to be good, right? Just because, I mean, you look at the cast, and obviously you look at the director, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Blade Runner 2049, Prisoners, Enemy. The guy's resume speaks for itself. He's a fantastic filmmaker. Uh, And at the very least, have you seen his films and you're going into this film, you know that at the very least, you're going to have a great looking film. It's going to be a spectacle to watch. And holy fuck, it was. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, so there's that. Overall, I really enjoyed the film. I, I, I actually, I'm probably going to go see it again in a couple of days. Uh, and the movie has a lot to process. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of setup. Now, speaking of the setup, though, I've, I've heard one common complaint about Dune for the people that have seen it before I saw it. I, the biggest thing I'm hearing is that it feels like half a movie. I disagree with that. There is very no, there is noticeable setup and everything. And obviously, this isn't a spoiler, but when you watch the movie, the opening title card says Dune Part 1. So, I mean, that obviously indicates that there will be a Part 2. And I haven't read the source material, but I know that, like, there is a lot to, to the book. So obviously there's going to be, there's probably going to be like a trilogy of films, but there's a lot of films that have released that there is just too much set up. You feel like, you feel like the film is almost just existing to set up future films. And a lot of, some of the Marvel films have been guilty of this, especially uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. But this film is not guilty of this. Yes, it does do some narrative uh, building to indicate, you know, things that are going to happen in the future films, but it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't take away from the overall story of this film. It is very much its own film rather than just there to set up Dune part two. So I don't, uh, I don't agree with that statement that it's just half, it feels like half a film. 
at the I mean at the end of the day those are how people those are those are uh, feelings that some people feel and if you feel that way well then you feel that way I personally didn't that's not how I feel about the film I thought it did very much feel like its own uh, separate movie with some you know hints and some you know some noticeable references or not references but you know some dialogue and some character development and some foreshadowing if you will that's the word i'm looking for for uh, future events in in the future films but overall i thought it was great uh i thought you know the acting was incredible josh brolin really stood out for me in this film i knew like i knew he was in it but he did a really good job i loved his character i love jason momoa i love timothy chalamet's uh take on paul atreides i thought he did a really good job timothy chalamet is a great actor Overall, I mean, the cast and crew of this film was just absolutely uh, incredible. And then his father in the film, what's the, what's the actor's name of his father? He's going to be Moon Knight in Marvel soon. Um, drawing a blank. I can't remember. But he was great as well. Uh, overall, really great film. I'd probably give it like an 8.5, 8 out of 10. It was fantastic. And it might even, that score might even increase once I rewatch it. Because I feel like I'm going to enjoy it even more when I rewatch it as well. Uh, so, uh, next I'm going to talk about the flash. Um, anybody that's kept up with the flash, like the movie, the flash, not, I haven't seen the TV show. I, I've never thought it looks very appealing. It looks very low budget. And I, I just, I don't know, not for me. Um, but with the flash, uh, for those of you who have kept up with it, or for those of you who haven't, this isn't a spoiler. It's common knowledge at this point on all, you know, news, news outlets and stuff like that. Michael Keaton is reprising his role as Batman from way back in the day. If you've seen the Michael Keaton Batman films, and then Ben Affleck is coming back as well to play Batman. So they're coming back. I think Ben Affleck is in a very brief, but I do think Michael Keaton has a very important role in the film. Uh, and if you watch the trailer, it's a very short teaser. You you don't see Ben Affleck as Batman, but you do see the you do see like a behind shot of Michael Keaton in his. Uh, and you and you could tell it's Michael Keaton because like you could just tell the cow is very like looks very stiff and the bad ears are very high whereas Ben Affleck's bad ears are obviously very short, um, so they very subtly tease Michael Keaton coming back as Batman and actually I think he is also narrating through the trailer so you hear his voice there and then at the very end you see Supergirl you see obviously Ezra Miller's Flash and then you see like a clone of his Flash now I've heard I'm not too familiar with the Flash. Like I said, source material, but I have heard people say they're thinking of doing, I don't know if they're doing reverse flash or something like that, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so overall, the movie looks very good. They didn't really show too much, so I, I don't really have too much thoughts on, on the flash. Overall, I am excited. I am intrigued. Uh, I'll be honest, mostly just to see the two different Batmans in one film, which we've never seen before. Uh, okay. So that is it for Flash, and then we're going to move on to You. Now, when I say You, I'm referring to the show called You. If anybody has seen that show, it's one of my favorite shows on Netflix. It's about a guy named Joe Goldberg, and he is like a crazy socio-psychopath. This dude is fucked up. He, he kills people, and and, uh, and it, I'm not going to spoil anything because it is a pretty new show for the most part. At least season three, three is pretty new, but... I am, I am enjoying season three so far. Uh, I'm on episode six. So I'm basically about halfway done. I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I do still think my favorite season is probably number one. Uh, and 
And yeah, and I'll give you guys more of an update moving forward. And I'll give you my full open spoiler thoughts once I actually finish the season, which will probably, I think I'll probably finish it in a couple of days uh, if I could find the full time to do it. So overall, guys, I think I think that's it today. I think I've really just talked about most of the things. I'm going to title this episode, Let's Talk Shop. And I'm going to try to aim to do these sort of episodes you know, once a month, and it's just really going to be a casual, laid-back conversation where I just talk about you know anything and anything and everything, whatever, whatever I could figure out. Not too serious, not too uh, structured, if you will. Um, and yeah, just basically an open discussion, just about everything going on. So I'm going to try and do these moving forward. I guess this will be Let's Talk Shop One. Maybe I'll title it Let's Talk Shop Two. Uh, whenever I come around to doing this kind of episode again. Um, but I am talking to potential guests for the future, so look out for that. Uh, we might be having some more guests come on to Unbashful. I am, I've, I've had guests come on the show, like I've had a couple of my friends, but I am speaking to people for actual like interviews and stuff like that, where I'm going to like ask them, you know, questions and, and, and try and learn something myself and, and pull some information. Uh, so I'm very excited to nothing official yet, but I am working on that in the background for the future. Uh, but as always, guys, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, and yeah, I will see you on episode eight.